Sabres have a problem up front, but it's a good problem to have. We'll tackle it next in the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in on this Monday as we are only hours away from the Sabres against the Edmonton Oilers. I got a couple of thoughts on Connor McDavid uh, coming up on today's show. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Should be a fun night in the arena. Can't wait. It's always fun when the Oilers come to town because we get a chance to see McDavid. Uh, at Sneaky Joe Sports to follow me on Twitter if you want to check out the podcast account uh, at Locked On Sabres. And, of course, on our YouTube channel, go to YouTube, search in Locked On Sabres, and you can find us there where you can make a question or comment on any one of those platforms. I think Twitter for now. We'll see if it lasts. It's going to break every day here uh, going forward with the new platform and whatnot. But, uh, anyways, you can get a hold of the show that way. So, a little bit on Oilers and, and McDavid coming up in a little bit. More so on McDavid himself than the matchup. Um, but I do want to start today's show with some roster stuff. So going into Monday night's game against the Edmonton Oilers, the Sabres are going to be scratching Tyson Jost. Now, Don Granado does say that that. Tyson Jost dealing with a bit of an injury and he's been nursing it. It's a good time for him to get a break. Uh, Jordan Greenway is entering into the lineup. Um, so they could take, they could take Jost out Greenway in, let him rest up, but very curious to see how this goes. Is Don Granado going to rotate who the healthy scratch is? Because if you look at who the Sabres have up front, it's not easy to decide who should be the healthy scratch. In fact, if Jose is going to be the first of this to do it, I know he's dealing with an injury, but let's say for sake of conversation, there's a rotation. What I think the most likely outcome is there's going to be a rotation of forwards that are going to be the healthy scratch. And that's before Alex Tuck gets back, which we don't know when that's going to be, but eventually we tend, we seem to think that that's going to happen. So there's already a surplus up front of forwards. What are they going to do about it? Who's going to sit? Well, what I think is going to happen, it was building towards here a second ago, Don Granado is going to have a rotation. He's going to have a series of players that are all going to rotate one after the other will take turns being the healthy scratch. The question to ask is, how many forwards are going to be in that rotation? And who is going to be in that rotation? So. What I will do here for you now is tell you who I think should be in the rotation, and then I'll tell you who I think Granado is going to have in the rotation. So if it were me right now, who I would have in the rotation to be the healthy scratches would be Vinny Hinostroza, Victor Olofsson, and J.J. Paterka. And I think that's it. Those are the only three guys I would have rotating out of the lineup. And Olofsson... I would be open, and Paterka too, of course, all these guys, maybe not Hinnestroza, would be open to them playing their way out of that rotation and into the lineup. And maybe you just get to a point where Vinny Hinnestroza is the healthy scratch night to night to night. I think that's a very possible outcome as well. He's 
probably only drawing into the lineup consistently like this because he's been playing really well. And I'm not sure that that's going to hold up. It just if you look at the beginning of this season and even last year, you know, he's not a guy that's going to be producing the way he's producing on a night to night basis. He'll give you a week like this, but he's going to give you three weeks like this. Probably not. So that's who I think we should be in the rotation. Olison, because of the goal drought that he's on and he doesn't do a lot of other things other than score goals. So when he's not scoring, he's not doing a lot. JJ Paterka is a tough one. He's been playing better, a lot better. He disappeared for 20 plus games. Wasn't putting the puck in the back of the net. Wasn't creating offense for others. Wasn't playing well in his own end. Really wasn't doing much of anything. Wasn't using his speed to his advantage. It just wasn't happening. But the last five games, Paterka's playing a lot better. And I'm not just saying that because he scored. He's hit a couple of posts, so he's been threatening. But he really is looking more confident. He's skating a lot better. But I'm not at a point with Paterka where I feel like he has to draw into the lineup night to night as they're in this playoff race. So that's my three. Who do I think Don Granado is going to go with? Well, my thought is he's going to have all two of those names I just mentioned. I think he'll have Hanna in the, the healthy scratch rotation. He'll have Paterka in the healthy scratch rotation. I do not think he'll have Victor Olsson in it. I do not think he'll have Victor Olsson. And by the way, I did not include Tyson Jost in mine. I would not have Tyson Jost in my rotation. I think Don Granado is going to. That's three. I don't think Jordan Greenway draws into it. So we're still at three. Greenway, they just acquired. I, it would feel weird if they acquired a guy, sought him out, and then made him a healthy scratch at all. So I don't have Greenway. What about Zemgis Gergensen's? Kyle Poso? No, right? Because of their veteran status and their importance defensively on this team that doesn't have a lot of good defensive forwards. I, I can't see Gergensen's or Oposo. I don't think Peyton Krebs, and I would never do that, but I wonder about Granado doing it because earlier in the season when they had this situation and they were having to rotate who the healthy scratch was, Krebs was a part of that rotation. So I'm not going to put Krebs on my Granado count. I'm going to hold it at three. But I think I think it wouldn't stun me if Krebs was a part of it, even though I would argue that he shouldn't. But I think that's it. For me, my rotation would be Olafson, Paterka, and Henestroza. My guess is Granado's rotation will be Paterka, Henestroza, and um and Tyson Jost. That, that, to me, is the uh, the big difference. But it's a good problem to have, right? It's a good problem to have. The Sabres have too many forwards. Um, next year, that problem will be a little bit different. You know, maybe Gergens' or Poso are gone. Uh, Henestroza is gone. And there'll be changes. But for now, they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of good depth. And this is before Alex Tuck, of course, is even back in the lineup. When he comes back into the lineup, I, I think we're headed for the inevitable with Vinny Henestroza. He's a good depth player. I've always talked about how much I like him in the bottom six. It's just too crowded. And I think even if he draws into the lineup consistently for the next little bit, when Tuck comes back, I think that's it. I think he is out of the lineup. They put him back on waivers. Or they actually get, maybe could send him right back down to Rochester. However, they got to do it. I think Henestros' time is very limited here in Buffalo. But for now, he's doing fine playing on that Dylan Cousins-Casey Middlestat line. Hopefully, he keeps playing great. When we come back, quick word on Connor McDavid. To me, I've called him the GOAT. I know I didn't watch Gretzky live, but 
I got some thoughts on him and the historic nature that his season is uh, coming up here on the Lockdown Savers podcast with Joe DiBiase. We are brought to you by Athletic Greens. This stuff is delicious. It's one scoop of AG1, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help your day start right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, and aging. Plus, it's cheap. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all of those different supplements yourself as you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. It works with different lifestyles, whether it's paleo, keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting great. Tons of people take some some kind of vitamin mineral uh multivitamin and it's important to choose one with a high quality ingredient that your body will actually absorb ag one's a micro habit with big benefits and to make it easy right now athletic green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and also five free travel packs for on the go with your first purchase all you gotta do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nhl network again that's athleticgreens.com slash nhl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance Sneaky Joe DiBiase back on the Locked On Sabres podcast. The Sabres have the Oilers Monday night, and that means Connor McDavid. And he is having a season for the ages, the greatest season in my lifetime. He is at already 122 points on the season in 64 games. He has won off his career high. There's a very good chance he will break that career high against the Sabres. Sabres, by the way. 12 points in 12 games. That is the second fewest points per game McDavid has against any opponent in his NHL career. Only St. Louis is lower. They've allowed 18 points in 21 games. Think about that, by the way. One of the 32 teams has held McDavid to blow a point a game, and that's it. McDavid is at 52 goals and 70 assists. He is on pace for almost 70 goals and almost 160 points. Numbers that have not been reached since 1995-96. McDavid, to me right now, is the best athlete in sports. And I don't really think it can be denied. And the argument I would have for that is he's the best player in the world at what he does. Tell me in what other sport a guy that's the best in the world has that large a gap between himself and second. Who? Patrick Mahomes? The gap between Mahomes and Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, it's there, but it's not It's not this giant, giant gap, we don't think. Um, baseball, Mike Trout and everybody else, even if, if it is still even Mike Trout, not there. Basketball. Basketball, you can honestly pick like six different guys for the best player in the world. You could pick Nikola Jokic. You could pick Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm usually good with his last name, Antetokounmpo. Uh, I don't really think basketball can even be in this because I don't even know who the consensus number one would be. Um, soccer isn't even this, right? Like, who, Killian Mbappe? Is there a giant gap between him and everybody else? Like, wh- there, there isn't. He's d- debatably not even the best in the world right now. You might still want to say Leo Messi is. So, McDavid. It's McDavid, and then there's this massive, massive gap massive golf and I I think that has to mean he's the greatest athlete in the world today because he is that 
definitively the best. He is on pace for not only the highest point total since 1996, he's on pace to break it by 40 points. If you go on a on a 27-year sample size, back to Mario Lemieux's 95-96 season, in that time, those 27 years, 128 points is the highest that anyone's had, Nikita Kucherov. In a 27-year sample, 128. He's on pace for 160. I mean, it's not even close. The, the, the season he's having is unheard of. So I think he's the best player in all sports, and I don't even think it really can be argued. The other good funny question that we had on WGR Monday morning that I want to bring up here in the show about Connor McDavid, and I put a poll up on my own Twitter about this. Would McDavid be a Sabre today if the Sabres won the 2015 NHL lottery? It's it's maybe a good question. I, I think fans want to believe that he would. And that's where the poll results came in. I tweeted, if the Sabres won the 2015 draft lottery, would McDavid still be a Sabre? 78% said yes. 21%, 21.8% said no. And, you know, a lot of uh, Eichel's a child in those replies, and McDavid's an adult and whatnot. I'm not so sure that McDavid would still be here in Buffalo. And here's why. I really don't think it's fair. It would have been fair to ask anybody to want to stay here after that many years without making the playoffs and not even being in a playoff race. I don't think it was about Eichel in that circumstance. I'm not saying Eichel handled it well, handled it well on the way out. I don't, and I've said that. I don't think Eichel handed, handled it well on the way out. But I don't think this was a Jack Eichel problem when he wanted out. And by the way, he only wanted out if they were going to rebuild, which they should have, and they, they were in the right to. Um, so I guess it's kind of the same way as asking out, but I don't think six years without a playoff race, that's that's all anybody should want or should give an organization for any team. I mean, I've made the case here that Austin Matthews should want out of Toronto after seven years of, of not m- winning a first-round playoff series. And that's in the playoffs that I say that. McDavid, I've made this case too for him that if the Oilers get bounced in the first round, of the playoffs this year, how could anybody blame him for wanting out? How how much are you supposed to commit to a single team? If you have no reason to believe that that team's going to figure it out or that that team's going to correct their problems, you have, you know, Eichel had six years of sample that said, how am I supposed to trust you with a rebuild? You've never even come close to building this back up. How am I supposed to trust you to do it? And... I could see how McDavid is going to do that with Edmonton, where he could go to Edmonton and say, you're asking me to trust you that you're going to get make this right. I've given you eight years, and after next year, it'll be nine. Like I've given you a decade of my career. I can't give you the whole thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with a player saying that in today's sport. Now, the difference, again, as I'm saying, I think McDavid would have handled it a lot better on the way out, way better than Eichel did. I mean, by by leaps and bounds but I do think the result would have been the same. I think McDavid, after six years, like any star player would have, anyone that knows their own worth, would have looked at the Sabres and said, I, I can't reasonably put my faith in you to rebuild this. They would have been wrong, right? Kevin Adams has done it. They would have been wrong to not put their faith in the Sabres to build it back up because they already have. But I just, I don't. I think McDavid would have, would have gotten out personally. 
that's just my opinion. The the, the majority disagrees with me as a 78% is saying that he still would be a saver. But, I mean, it came close, right? They were in the final three uh, in that lottery in 2015. I'm, I was out for it. Um, my memory of that was going out to an establishment that was packed wall-to-wall with people. Everyone was super pumped up. And, man, the experience of watching those cards get unveiled by Bill Daly. Every card was like – was. Like you couldn't breathe. Your heart stopped after each one. Like, is it the logo? Oh, it's the hurricanes. Oh, is it, is it the flyers? Oh, it's the flyers. Just every, it it was built up. It was drama. And everyone was very deflated. Of course, when that Euler logo came up, uh, or was it, was that how it happened? The Euler logo came up gold. No, someone else's logo came up. I'll have to, I'll have to find, I don't remember whose logo came up, but someone else's logo came up. All right. Sabres and Oilers on Monday night. Enjoy the game. We'll talk about it after the fact, and we will uh, talk about the Islanders game on Tuesday as well. We'll do a full deep dive preview. We didn't do that for the Oilers game here. We'll do a full deep dive preview of the Islanders matchup for Tuesday night. That is a huge game in the standings, a massive game in the standings. So big preview for that, and we'll tackle what happened between the Sabres and Oilers next time here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase.